Hi. Hey. Can I just tell you, by the way? <laughs> so enthused. Yeah. I'm like, hi. I didn't tell you this. Well, I told you half of this, but so first of all, I told you that I ran into a listener this weekend. Oh, it was the cutest thing in the world. Gabby, I was freaking out when I got that text. No, like I, this, like, okay. Her Our first Pilar. in the wild listener, Pilar. Hi, Pilar. Hey, if girl. You're listening. Actually made my day. Like she stopped me and life. I was. No, like I literally, when she stopped me to be like, hi, listen to the pod, I I genuinely thought she was going to be like, you have toilet paper on your shoe. Or like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, what? Me? Um, but no, but listen, this is the part that I didn't tell you. So first of all, loved meeting you. If anyone else ever sees any of us in public, please. Oh my God. Because you don't understand. Say hello to us. Like <laughs> Made my day. It, that is going to be like what keeps my confidence up for the next month. So. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, um, but she gave me, I have it here. She gave me this card <gasps> that her friend makes. And I just thought it was the most genius thing I've ever heard. So I wanted to tell people, okay, is this card? It says, hi, you're cute on it. And then it says, I would like to. And then there's two bo- check boxes. One says, set you up with my friend. Here's her, like my friend's info or go on a date, my info. And then you check the box and you just hand it to the person. The company is called, or the, the Instagram I think it's the Instagram that's on the back. It's stupid cupid dot XO. <gasps> Did you stupid cupid? Said oh my god, na, na, na. Princess Diaries. Many more. Isn't that the cutest idea ever? That no beware needs to do that. Like that is, I saw it and I was, I kept it because I was like, this is genius. That is so uh, marketing and genius. so like cheeky and cute. I love. Also, Pilar, you're cute. We both stalked you, and we love your style. Obviously, our listeners are cool, though. I mean, come on. Yeah. Duh. You Duh. know what wasn't fun though that night? The fucking bruise of Texas, the size of Texas that I have on my leg after that evening. We'll post it's, a picture about it. No, we sure won't. I'll, I'll <laughs> air out the picture of Gabby's ass with this giant ass bruise down her thigh. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys know this. Every time I send Meadow any sort of picture where any body part it. of mine is showing, I, I tell her like, this can't go anywhere. You know that Nothing I sent Sarah... Safe. I like t- I was just like really feeling myself the other day and I was like looking in the mirror and I was like my butt looks great and I started like taking all these pictures of my ass and I was in beware so I sent it to Sarah and, and I was like me. I love you and I'll send them to you but I was like okay. you can't post them and she was like please and I was like I don't know if I'm there yet it's like full thong vibes but like yeah it's cute but your body is so good why not Thanks. just put it out there honestly we should read Emily Rodakowski's book and then it'll make us be like let's just fucking thirst strap in the name of feminism I'm not not down. Like, not, right? no, you know? You know what? This is another thing that, did have we unpacked the whole, I think we have, deciding mm. we're hot? Or was that a yeah, episode but I that want, we recorded and never posted? I don't know if we never posted, but unpack it again, because I really liked the way that you phrased it, and I think it's so applicable to so many other things in life. Life? Gabby and I talked about this, like, I, last summer, and it may have been up in an episode or there are some, a few podcast episodes that when we were first starting, we recorded and they've never seen the light of day, but so I can't remember what this conversation was, but I was talking to Gabby about how just after fucking 27 years of insecurities, one day I woke up and I was like, that's it. Like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. I'm over this. Like I'm hot. That's it. No more, no more brain games, no more comparison, no more. Look, I look at my cellulite and I'm like, that shit's cute. Now I fucking sent you and Sarah a video of me in two bikinis yesterday, which first of all, shop Gonza, shout out the VRL twins, twins. They're not twins, but sisters. 
because I tried on those bikinis and Aaron literally was like, you didn't send me those pictures. That's with me. Yes. I sent you a video in our group chat of you, me and Sarah. I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. My ass is eating up that bathing suit. And I literally looked so, I was like, I'm, I they just, make really I, good bathing suits. But here's why I don't like to talk about this. Oh, they make really good bathing suits. Here's why I don't like to talk about this because it's not like I have any realistic advice other than the fact that like every day you make a choice, you make a choice to be confident. You make a choice to be happy. You make a choice like, and I think that's so hard. I was talking about this with Gladys who I have another thing about unpacking with Gladys that we have to talk about, but it's hard when I feel like for my own mental health journey, everything just comes back to being present and making your own decisions, like how you can choose the or. And I feel like that's such a hard piece of advice to give someone because it sounds so toxic positive, like just wake up and choose to think you're hot. But I swear to fucking God, my brain did. Like I woke up and I was like, that's it. Like I refuse to suffer of my own insecurities. Like I'm so fucking hot and that's it done. And I don't, I don't allow any more thoughts. And I'll look in the mirror now and think like, I'll go to the bathroom all the time and be like, oh, my nose or, you know, oh, whatever. And then I immediately now, when I catch those thoughts, flip it and go, but you know what? That nose is pretty. No, look at, and I look at myself in the mirror long enough until I think I look pretty again. And I like trick my brain. Normally it's the opposite. It's like, if you look at yourself for too long, you're like, oh, you find something wrong. Totally. But it's it's like that little way if you catch yourself and you're like, oh, I don't look good. I'm like, no, look at yourself in the mirror until you change the way you feel. And then that's going to start radiating through and I'm going to start thinking I look better. I get what you're saying. I also, I hear you when you say it does sound so toxic positive, but I don't think it, I don't think it does because he, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. You've done enough work on yourself where like you've already done the meeting yourself halfway thing, which I think is a concept that I think is so interesting. I think we've talked about on the podcast, like the idea of bridge statements and how you sort of meet yourself halfway. Because if you're really at a place where you're like, I'm disgusting, I hate myself, you're not all of a sudden going to say I'm beautiful and believe it, right? This was the one good thing your therapist taught us. Right. So you introduce the possibility that you're not heinous. Exactly. you, You introduce that, but you've already done that. I've already done that. We weren't. Right operating out of that place we were sort of like the step beyond so right. it does make sense that once you reach that step you're like oh okay now I'm just choosing like just myself. believe it yeah just believe it and just choose it and but just it's operate so that way. it's so true I mean that's the whole concept behind any sort of manifestation right like it's you're you're yeah you, the first step yeah. is believing it because if you yeah. don't believe it and you're working towards something you're not gonna get it because you right. don't even freaking believe it for yourself right you have not, to and if yeah if you're not gonna believe in yourself who will that's that whole sex in the city thing which we also reference like if your friends won't fuck you who will like if I don't want to fuck myself why do I expect someone else to want to like I want this is what I think about this all the time and I know you're not going to relate to this I want the (laughs) sexuality and the like sexual confidence of Padma Lakshmi Padma Lakshmi is the 50 year old sexy why would I not relate to this well just I don't know if you follow her in the same way that I'm obsessed with her I mean I know who she is and I think she's gorgeous but it's people you, like that that radiate a certain level of yes confidence that it's so hot and she's so womanly like she's so yeah. like I don't care if you're involved or not like I'm sexual with myself I'm sensual with myself like I feel it in my own body and every I'm like what would Padma do like my goal in life <laughs> is just to get to a point where I feel like I have the public image of Padma Lakshmi there are there are a few women that I follow that give me that same 
sort of energy. I'm trying to think. First one that comes to mind is Paloma Seltzer. Do you know who that is? Oh my God. Don't get me started. Like she's, first of all, I've interviewed her. her I interviewed her years ago and she is so nice and cool. So like, of course she is. Also a plus. Isn't her brother a famous skater too? I have no idea. But she's so fucking hot. She gives that like sensual, just like this is like my body is a gift. You're welcome type of energy. And it's just, it's women like that that are so, I mean your friend like Lena 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 is the same exact same Lena's that same energy where you just they hey. radiate it it makes you so much hotter because if you start to believe so it like if you're already believing it everybody else around you is gonna believe it too hundred percent hundred hundred percent um I'm sorry I'm totally vibe shifting like really intensely but just to bring up Lena because we've talked about Lena on the podcast before um take it from Dead Parent Club. I know we have a couple listeners out there that are Dead Parent Club too. After Maddie's episode, we had some people talk about it as well. Lena has, um, her dad's on hospice right now. And it's really hard for them as with anything. And if anyone feels like not buying a $5 coffee and instead donating it to a beautiful girl that helps support and uplift other women that's going through a hard time, I'm going to leave her GoFundMe in the link below. She reached out to me in the kindest message possible that was like, you know, know, I don't even want to make, like, I didn't even want to make this. I didn't want to talk about this, but I'm at the point where like, I'll do anything to make my mom's life easier. And we started sending this just to close friends and found that like, it's actually relieved so much stress. I just thought like, even if like, you just feel comfortable sharing it with someone, like she's just, she, even the way she presented it, I was like, Lena, I'll fucking do anything for you. Like oh she's, my God. She is she's such, such an, an, such an earth angel. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So yes. Thank you. For I'm going to leave that. the link in the description. Thank you. Of course. Anyway, what are you unpacking Gabs? Um, I'm looking at my notes. Oh, I mean, it's it's sort of similar to what we were just talking about, and that's why I'm glad you brought it up because it is so applicable to different areas of our lives, not only just with body positivity and, like, confidence, et cetera. I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago where I was saying how – I don't know if I said this, but I probably did. I black everything out, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, wait. I'm already interrupting you. I was just watching the Trash Tuesday, the podcast that I keep talking mm-hmm. to you about. Whitney Cummings was on it, and she was talking about how – She was like, it feels so inauthentic to like see these women because we're all friends and we haven't had a chance to catch up. But now we're like having to catch up in a conversation that's for public consumption. And I was like, this is why we're such good oversharers because we literally do not compartmentalize like that. Like this is just our phone call that we are airing. To an extent. I mean, we did have a phone call earlier that was supposed to be our podcast recording and couldn't record it. We just talked for too long that we couldn't record it. And then Meta was like, well, now I have a meeting. (laughs) I was like, well, (laughs) there you go. Call you later. Um, Keep going. No, I was just going to say that the concept of just deciding that you're good at something, Mm -hmm. I've been working through it a lot because it's, I've noticed so much how my confidence has been inhibiting or insecurity rather has been inhibiting my career. And I think that because I was always in a situation when it came to work where, how do I say this? I'll sound like an asshole, like excelling young, like in my career period. Mm -hmm. And I was always the intern that became friends with my bosses Mm -hmm. and I would like hang out with them. And same thing with my old job. Like I was her assistant, but we had a great relationship, but I was really young. And so I was always- What did you do before AD? 
that was my first job out of college, but I always right. had internships. So I. But were they all in magazine editorial? Kind of. So the first one okay. was in PR, and then the next one was at a magazine in New York. And then the next one, I was like pretending that I didn't want to go into editorial because I was like, I'm going to make yeah. no money. Let me like explore other parts of fashion. So I was at Oscar de la Renta and I did international sales. Shut the fuck up. How yeah, bitch, my that? resume is oh, stacked. Cool. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Damn. Okay, keep going. Anyway, so I was always that girl. And yeah. I was always in the room where everyone constantly reminded me how young I was. And not in a condescending mm. way, but just like – And I think they meant it as a compliment of like, wow, you've For done sure. so much. But I was always being reminded that I was young. Mm-hmm. And like, wow, you're so young. Wow, you're so young. So I would catch myself now being freelance where I'm in rooms – we're all like say my age mm-hmm. or I'll out myself for how old I am. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to stop doing that and also recognizing a, the worth in my age because mm-hmm. I'm way more tapped in than someone, you know, 10, 20 years, my senior in certain things mm-hmm. and B understanding that I can be an expert in certain things of my field because I do have enough under my belt and I've done enough and seen enough and understand enough and also have the capacity to create big things mm-hmm. that I can sort of stand in that worth. And both Meadow and I, we met with our friend Dana this week who, oh my God, Dana. Dana! Dana. I, shouted, I, I gave Dana a shout out on this other podcast that I went on because I literally, they were like, who gets it? And I was like, Dana. Dana Dang. Dana Dang and gets she's, it. She's for sure coming on this podcast eventually. So you all will get to know the lovely angel that she is as <laughs> Truly. well. And um, I just got a text from my sister saying, where'd you fall? I sent her a picture of my bruise. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so- uh, my mom has been calling me every day about this bruise because she thinks I'm going to like have to amputate my leg. And I'm like, mom, it's a bruise. She's like, is the would- blood flowing? And I'm like, I don't know. Is the blood <laughs> flowing? No, you're going to be fine. It literally looks like when I did that fucking cellulite study. It's you're disgusting. But anyway, um, Dana really helped me break things down. So, okay. To guess what I'm, the point that I'm trying to get at is that now I'm starting to see things in a more digestible step-by-step manner. And I think I normally operate so big picture and Sarah Shakui and I were talking about this yesterday Mm. and we were saying that we always like see big picture and that sort of leads to paralysis almost because you're so overwhelmed by all of the things that you need to do in order to get to point B that you can't even fathom to begin one of those steps and Dana really it reminds me of me. the stress curve you know how we always talk mm-hmm. about the stress the other side and it's the, the same curve. concept yeah. with mental health too sometimes when it's yeah, so it daunting to get to yep. a place of being where do you happy start? where do you start so Dana really helped me and I started sort of breaking it down even in the conversations that I had, had with, with Anna Maria and mm-hmm. now with Dana it's just the the universe keeps putting these people in my line of vision that have mm-hmm. been reinforcing that narrative for me of relax you're you've you've got it now let's take it one step at a time you can't bite off more than you can chew and so now I'm just sort of breaking things down in th- into these digestible steps that finally make me feel a lot more at ease with and empowered the pace, I bet empowered and at ease with the pace that my that my career is going yeah I don't feel like I need to accomplish everything under the sun by the time I turn 26. I've kind of been feeling that way too recently, just in, I think you and I are doing a good job of balancing the fact that we know we're hustling a lot right now and like trying to work a lot because we're trying to get to big places while still, 
I don't, I wonder if it's a lot due to this podcast and having like scheduled rather regular check-ins, but I think especially that like these past three months, this year, 2022 alone, you and I are really trying to acknowledge each step and each small win. Like no win is small to us. Right. We're, we're really trying to stay really present with the big picture in sight and actually give ourselves and truly feel in every small moment. Yeah, we fucking did that. Like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, we did that. Like, But it's helpful your- to... I was just going to say it's helpful to have those small things because even with something like this podcast where Meadow and I have full-time jobs outside of this, even though we're freelance, because people, I feel mm-hmm. like, forget that even though you're freelance, you have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Some, I think in the beginning when we started this podcast, it was very much like, let's just do it. And like, we have all these concepts and whatever. And I think over the past, I would say month, like this is new for us, where we've gotten yeah. really good at breaking down and staying accountable for our meetings and our check-ins. Yes. And it's not just to sit and gossip. It's like, we're really breaking down programming. Actionable. We're breaking down. Yes. We're creating these actionable steps. And I think for me, at least I've been, I've implemented all of the things that I've learned from like the administrative side of my past mm-hmm. jobs implemented into that and your current stuff, because you do that for other brands. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, we're just bringing that part of our brain into this, which at first, even I think because it felt like such a love child, we almost didn't treat it with the same treated it with respect and care, but we didn't treat it with the same professionalism that we would have treated something else. And I think now we're finally in the groove of like figuring that out. And it's, I'm starting to see all of the things happening because I'm like, okay, now we have so many other things planned. It's not just these events and things that we can't even grasp to, which like stay tuned because like things are coming and actual things. But you know what else it is? I think I think a a big piece of it is that a lot of this comparison, Forbes 30 under 30, like all that fucking narrative, I feel like a lot of that is super individualistic and very Mm -hmm. much like I have to hit Forbes 30 under 30. Like I need a founded company. I need to do this. And you and I were like, oh shit, we want to do the same thing together. We're stronger together. Let's fucking like you and I are so willing to accept help from each other because of our relationship, lean on each other, take like really speak Mm -hmm. to each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I think people forget that. I don't know. I just feel like I see a lot of our friends or people in our lives trying to do big things that I just want to remind people like you're stronger when you're together. Like you can dream with people together mm-hmm. and make not, sure you don't have taking, to do everything on your own. You're not taking it, away from your win. You're not taking away from your win and doing it with someone. Yeah. It doesn't make you less special that you had some, a partner to do it with. And in fact, it makes it way easier. Sarah Shakui is a fantastic example. Like it's hard to do something solo. It's mm-hmm. really fucking hard. It's so, it's so, I don't know. I just don't think you get the same gratitude and peace along the way yeah yeah absolutely yeah I'm so proud of you thank you I'm feeling a lot more at ease I guess is the best way to describe it I feel like my entire life I've been I've always been so career focused Mm -hmm. and I've been chasing it since I could remember I mean I never school was school was like a means to an end for me it Mm. wasn't I never wanted to be in school I didn't love school like it it was I wanted to work. I wanted a job. Like oh I feel my like I've always God, I'm so opposite. I feel like I always wanted to be a grown up, which like fucking yeah. LOL now that I'm like having to pay taxes and like gas prices are astronomical. Yeah. But I always wanted to be a grown up. And it's so funny. I said it to somebody the other day. I was I maybe it was you. I was like, I was it you that I said I've I always wondered what I would look like and be doing when I was twenty five? 
For some reason, no. 25 was always the age that I had. That's in my your birth- number? Mine was 30. And I was I'm like, I wonder, what, I wonder what my body, I wonder if I'll be happy with my body. I used to right. always think about that. Right. Like, I wonder, like, I'll look great and I'll be happy with my body. And like, yeah. where will I be in my career? Where will I be in my life? I've always thought about this age and I don't know why or how it escaped my brain that, the, that I'm currently in the age that I've constantly been like thinking about. It like just hit you recently. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Which is funny because you have like go what, me, two more months in this age. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, damn, go me because she'd be like really fucking proud. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of me too. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. Own that. You know what? Um, you know who's a good expander for me in that capacity? When you fucking said you complimented Mariah in our last episode and said something and she went, Thank you. I receive that. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking start accepting compliments like that. Like, thank yeah. you. I receive that. I feel that. What are you unpacking? Okay, I'm unpacking two different things and low-key, both of them are kind of heavy, but I'm gonna try to keep it. The whole point of this podcast is to be able to talk about things that are traditionally heavy and nuanced and wild and still be able to have a conversation and not feel like they're draining. Drained at the end of it. So I'm going to do my best I can, but I'll tell you both things because you kind of know both of them. And then you tell me where to start. One, I do want to talk about Ukraine and the war because I am kind of unpacking it because I did have my first intrusive thought Mm. about the war the other day. And it made me think like, oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Let's start there. Let's start. Let's start there. Start there. Let's start there. Okay. Because we've been wanting, we've been wanting to talk about this too. And it's, I think, yeah. I think, you, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like Meadow and I have both felt like we wanted to sort of give people the space to just breathe and digest and not be adding to the conversation almost right. where it's just like, why? Right. Why? It's, we've, we were, it's, we've had such sensory overload with everything that's going on that I think we both wanted to take a minute to just take a beat. And even like this podcast is still a place for our own mental health and our own fun. So it it was giving us an opportunity to check in about other stuff and not have to think about it as well. But let's talk about it. But let's talk about it. Okay. In a, in a disclaimer capacity, it's so fucking sad what's happening in Ukraine. It's devastating. I don't, it also brings up so much nuance, like the way they're 20% of the Ukrainian students are African, like from different countries in Mm -hmm. Africa and can't get on the fucking trains to get out the way that fucking Russia is living in dead ass 1984. And if you call anything happening in the Ukraine, other than the special project, you can be arrested. Like, I think it's, I think it's sad on both sides. And I think people and countries are not their government. And I think that's really easy to forget. But I think we're also being reminded of that because it's the first fucking war in social media. So I think the, re- the, 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 the narrative or the lens that I want to talk about this in is that vicarious trauma is a real thing. And as someone that lived through a school shooting for a long time, any school shooting or mass shooting that happened after that, was severely triggering to me. And I think when we, we've, we're like, we're not used to seeing war images on our phone, just scrolling through all the time, you know? Right. I mean? It was always something that you'd experience. be like, and you'd wa- be walking through your parents' living room and you might see it on TV. Exactly. But to have it exactly. at your disposal on your phone at all times, like you go through TikTok and it's also like, what the fuck oh. is that doing to our brains where it's like exactly. thirst trap, someone dancing, someone applying makeup, war, then war. someone like dancing, applying makeup, thirst trap. It's, And here's the the thing that's always been happening, right? Like there's always strife. There's always like, there's still slaves. There's still like enslaved people, I should say, excuse me. But I mean, there's still all these different things. And so it's just hard to grapple with 
where's your role in it? How do you speak up? I don't know. So I guess my first, my first intrusive thought was that we live right, like under the flight path. And so there's just helicopters and things that come really, really low. And it immediately brought a thought up like, oh shit to me for a second. Mm. And I just thought that was really interesting. So I'm just, I don't know, I guess suffice it to say that if anyone else is having a hard time grappling with what this means and how to process things, there's no fucking right or wrong way. And everyone's thinking about it. And like the first, when they invaded, what was it, Thursday of last week or the week before? Like those first two days, I was, it was all I could fucking think about. And then I took three days to not want to think about it and look at it at all. And then I've been trying to keep up with it again. So I just want people to be mindful of their consumption. I want people to be mindful of vicarious trauma. I I don't want that to sound like I think people should choose like ignorance and not be informed about what's going on in the world. But I also think there's something to be said. Yeah. To be mindful of how you're consuming the content that you're consuming, because we're, we're act, we're on channels that aren't filtering things anymore and you have to be on filter period. And I just want people to like, kind of, kind of think twice about that. I guess that's all I really wanted to say about that. How about you? Thank you for, no, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let me move on then. My other unpacking (laughs) is really fun. (laughs) it's all about racism. So my first mental health job ever. uh Oh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. My ear just started. (laughs) I was like, is that my headphones? I think my ears just started ringing in a weird way. Mm. My first mental health job ever. When I was at UC Santa Barbara, shout out, ole, ole, ole. I worked at the counseling and psychological services in this program where we basically were undergraduates. There was 10 of us that were liaisons between the student body and all of the therapists that worked on campus. So we do all these different programming and whatever. Um, My old boss from there, Gladys, Gladdy, who's the love of my life, called me the other day and said, I've been mulling over this nonstop and I need to talk to it, talk with it, talk. Gabby. Yeah. We talked for so long. I don't know how to speak anymore. Go ahead. You, she wanted to talk to someone about it. And it's this concept of a lot of the narrative around mental health stigma, since we're still unpacking it and it's so new and ever since the pandemic, it's become ubiquitous and people are like, oh shit, depression's real. So we're still kind of all dealing with the stigma piece. And a lot of the narrative is seemingly like oh, we're so woke now. Like our ancestors didn't address any of this. Like we're rewriting, like we're breaking our family trauma bonds and look like go us for considering this now, especially within the like psychology field specifically. And I don't think the psychology world is open enough to address the fact that so much of that is because we could not ensure folks' physical safety. So how the fuck were you supposed to talk about mental health? Like for example, enslaved peoples, yeah, how were we how were they right. supposed to pass down stories of depression or trauma or this and that when you lit could not even ensure someone's physical safety still to this day? So I don't mm-hmm. I just I think it's interesting that we need a to I think there's a bigger conversation to be had about reframing this from like, oh, what was our family and we're so woke to like, no, humanity has not been allowed to progress to the fact that we could even consider this because of how much fucking harm we've been doing to other people in it, in, in like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like if that safety and security isn't even met, how the fuck are you supposed to think about self-actualization? Right. And that's the conversation that no one really talks that much about with mental health, where it's like, it's even the fact that you and I are able to sit here and have these hour long weekly conversations about our mental health and like talk about our feelings, like is the most privileged thing hundred percent in the entire world. And obviously it's particularly within these marginalized communities. Yeah. 
No, it 100% shouldn't be. But it's like, how do how are we supposed to get to that place? It's like, there's so many other things. There's education. There's resources that yeah. you need to implement in order for that even to be a thing. Because for some people, taking care of their mental health is this, is you and I getting on a fucking podcast once a week and talking for an hour and letting go our feelings. And for like a single mom of six, it's like having a fucking cigarette. Exactly. And both are just as fucking valid. Mm-hmm. That's also mm-hmm. why I really fuck with blue zones. The, okay. um, you know, I never fucking shut up about blue zones. I don't, if for folks that are listening that don't know, they're the like five or six places in the world where folks live longest and they're in very specific communities, like one's in the Mediterranean. I feel like one's in Japan, one's in Latin America. I, I'm, don't quote me on it, but there's like five places and people have studied the commonalities between them all. And one of the ones that I always think is really cool is that everyone fucking drinks copious amounts of wine and it's associated with living longer, but it's not because oh, drink a lot of wine and you'll live longer. It's because it's because you have to, it's the mind, body, soul. You have to nourish the soul. And so mm-hmm. they're sm- small, active daily movements. They're eating like a nutrient rich diet, but they're also sitting around a table, connecting with their friends. They're doing, their family, they're having community, soda mesas. Drinking wine, exactly. And like that, that mind, body, soul picture, like you have to nourish all of that to live a little bit. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But we don't do that. We don't do those things. And also that's just, that's first of all, that's not the culture in America to begin with. Cause the culture in America we yeah. know is you live to work, not work to live. Oh, right? and I hate it. So this is why I talked so sorry, Gary V. I've talked so much shit on you just because I'm like, I really think it's such a fucking privileged and Americanized perspective to have to make your job, your passion, which is like ironic yeah, because it, that's all I wanted to do. And I right. understand that, but it's, it's, well, okay, I keep going. No, but it is, it's you're no, go on on that because it's completely true. I just don't think we should have to push that narrative on other people. Like why in Europe, if if someone like my family always talks about this, if you, my family says like, if you go to a dinner party and ask someone what they do for a job, you're a fucking boring guest. Like that should be the last thing. How should that tell you about who they are as a person? Well, you know that it hit me when the other day somebody asked me what my hobbies were and I was like, I have no fucking clue because all I do, like anything I do that I enjoy, I somehow turn it into a job. Yeah. Do you see that TikTok Doja Cat made? Mm Mm-mm. Where some man is like, Tell me, woman, what hobbies you have. And she was oh. like, I'm so glad <laughs> you asked. I yeah, eat. Yeah. What did she I do? text. Like, I no, what did she say? Did she say something about like putting her hair in a ponytail? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I put my hair in a ponytail. <laughs> no, but it is. It's fucking wild. And it's like we're sitting in such privileged seats to be able to be like, my passion is my work. And like, my work is my passion. Yeah. How fucking annoying does that sound? It's so annoying. And, and I don't want to... Go ahead. I was just say to even just to bring it back to the initial point that you made, it's like marginalized communities in this country and like particularly like people of color, they're not afforded any of the same privileges that we are oh, no. when it comes to literally anything. And when I say when I'm grouping myself into we, because yes, I come from two Latin immigrant parents who were born in Cuba and... I'm part of a marginalized community, but I'm 100% white passing. So I've been mm-hmm. afforded privileges that come specific to that. Like I never call mm-hmm. myself a person of color because even though I'm Latina and that's like comes with all the certain stigmas, I've been afforded the luxury of being a white Latina, which means I'm digestible, but I'm still interesting. So people want to figure out more about me. But like what I was saying was that these people are not afforded the same privileges that we are that, you know, when it comes to anything particular especially I mean not especially or particular but parenting as well so when we're like we're reading all this commentary so I think about it like I'll talk about it through the Latin perspective right of like and I've heard my black friends talk about this and I never want to put words in other people's mouths about their personal experiences but like from my personal Latin perspective right like I know that 
it's always like such a joke and I see it all on TikTok now and there's always those sounds on TikTok of like there's a lot I always see it with like Mexican families in particular I don't know if it's like kids in LA that are making it that's why but it's always like the jokes that the sound is like it'll be like oh when you think when you tell your parents you're depressed and then it's like a sound of their dad being like oh my god you're not depressed but you just like clean your room and like you know brush your hair and like blah 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 and it's always been that joke that's always been such a thing is like you're not sad just like fuck look at the clutter you're living in or like go hang out with your friends or like you know anything other than actually acknowledging the fact that depression is a real thing right that's always been such a running joke I feel like during with our generation now with Gen Z and no one's actually acknowledging it's the same concept of we never realize that our parents are actually human beings. And I feel like yeah. most people do not take the time to acknowledge why their parents are the way that they are and why they might have passed something down to them. Right. So like for me, my mom was the type of mom where she, whenever my sister and I were really, really upset, she was always like, yeah, cry it out, talk about your feelings, blah, blah, blah. But then when shit would get real and we would have these meltdowns and something would go wrong in our life, she would get really cold and she would get really aggressive and be like, not lovey and not cozy in that way. And she'd be like, it's not a big deal. Get over it. Snap out of it. And it really hurt me. And then when I really unpacked that and you guessed it at Hoffman, it was the (laughs) concept. It was the concept of my mom was so scared of us being in pain that she couldn't control and it was out of her control that she thought that by diminishing it we would all of a sudden think it wasn't a big deal but it's like where did she it's like when your kid falls when they're little when your kid falls and And you're not supposed to react and they haven't cried yet right yes it's exactly that concept but then it's like you're thinking of that and I'm like okay where did my mom learn that and it's like oh because my mom escaped a communist country with her family and my mom was not afforded the luxury of getting to talk about her feelings because she was dealing with two alcoholic parents fleeing a fucking country paying her way through any type of education that she ever had and like it that's just she was functioning and operating out of a place of survival and her childhood was comprised and sort of lived on having to push things under the rug because if not how was she going to get ahead how was she going to live another day how was she going to move past things like she didn't have that luxury and yeah. that not confronting it did that that confrontation didn't happen until she was in her adulthood when she was no longer in survival mode once she had the space the resources the money to actually mm-hmm. be able to tend to her mental health Mm-hmm. And that didn't and happen let's until talk, we and were that process grown. in and of itself of oh shit I'm not in flight or flight fight flight or freeze anymore or now I think it's four whatever that that process of I'm no longer in survival now I can unpack this can of worms is all that's a whole fucking thing because that's something I did in therapy when I was like okay like I just went through all the trauma that I've been through in high school right like my fucking brother dying my dad dying my other brother leaving and then a school shooting and then an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm home in San Diego I have a solid place to live I'm happy in my relationship I like in a good place and then all of a sudden all this fucking shit started flooding in oh my god my ears are ringing so loudly it literally sounds like something's wrong with my headphones it just went away maybe it is your headphones Maybe it is my head. That was so weird. Sorry. You feel like dizzy? No. Okay. Okay. Well, what I was saying really wasn't that worth it anyway. It's just the idea of like, 
even that process of getting to that place to then have to unpack all that shit is fucking hard and fucking scary. Cause you're like, shit, now I have the room to do. Cause doing the work is always harder. That's why it's easier to be depressed. Like it's, it's harder to pull yourself out of this than it is. It's comfy. You can, I could sit in depression all day and be comfy. I can wallow in my psychosis. Like that shit is safe, sound, you know what to expect. Sometimes it feels good. Why do you think people live down there? It is so hard to address also your people, traumas and pull yourself out of these patterns. No, it is. I was I was going to say that also people, because depression can look different. You sent me that TikTok the other day yeah, of the guy being like, when I'm depressed, I'm doing the best work. I'm producing the best work. I'm yes. working all the time. Depression looks super different for people and people operate yeah. out of different places when they're depressed. For some people, yeah. it's literally you're not showering, you're not getting up, you're wallowing. Yep. yep. For people that watched Euphoria, it was like that that whole sequence yep. in season one where it shows Rue's like bout of depression. Yep. That's getting a UTI because you right, can, you that's, won't, can, that's won't even option go one. But there's also yep. it looks very different. And for yep. some people, it's like it's exactly that. It's you're working a ton. You're you're funneling. Also, like for me, I know that for me sometimes it'll be like this needs to have a reason. I need to apply. I need to – for me, it's really difficult to believe that things just happen. That was my biggest fight with Aaron over my anxiety. He couldn't like, there needs to be a reason. Came, there yeah, needs to be like, a reason. I, don't I need to what, attach like, a reason. Triggered it. Where does it come from? Like, is it from your child? And I was like, you asking this is spiraling me out of fucking control because you don't think I've tried to rack my brain for all those answers already? Like, there, because, there isn't one. And then right. when there isn't one, it makes you fucking spiral even more. Right. Because you're trying yeah. to grasp and gain control – like you're grasping exactly. at straws, just trying to find control exactly. in any sort of way. Because if you have the control, at least you can, you have that. It grounds exactly. you. Exactly. You know what this reminded me of? Were you, I don't remember at what phase. No, it was definitely after. So you weren't around in that phase of my life. So right before I fucking uh, started with Mad Happy, like I said, I've been yelling about the internet on mental health for how many years? I've started and stopped so many fucking blogs just because I was embarrassed and didn't want high school people to read them about mental health. But my last one before Mad Happy was called That's Crazy. And it's 7A. It was an asterisk. Like, it's a bad word for stigma. So that's crazy. And I had an Instagram, and I was posting on it. And I posted that photo. You know that photo of me at the NAMI conference? It's like the only, like, headshotty looking photo yes, I yes, have. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I posted that photo and said something about how, like, I haven't been doing well recently. This is, like, you know, however many years ago now. But like, just wanted to like, if anyone else isn't, whatever. And someone was like, the fact that you can still like have your hair done and look pretty in this photo and have makeup on, like is so inappropriate. Like that's a bad display of like what depression, like someone went in on me that I didn't know. And I was like, actually, this is dead ass what I look like depressed. And the fact that like, I have to look like I'm Rue from Euphoria in order to validate my depression to you shows why this is wrong. Right. Because this is half the people you know are probably fucking depressed, like with their hair and makeup done too. Like, what does that mean? Isn't she so cute? I'm sorry, I just took a photo. I'm fully in charge of because Mahal in the background right now. Mama, hello, girl. Do you do you have something (laughs) to say? So cute. Do you have something to say? Hold on, let's do Mahal ASMR. Oh my god! No, oh she doesn't want to. Hold on, hold on. Get her. Oh, no. Wow. She really fucking ran away from me. She was like, get me off the mic. I did not ask to be on this today. Mm-hmm. She's like, I didn't sign a release. Sorry. <laughs> if you're not paying me my cut, I'm not giving you the content. It's the side eye that this bitch gives you. It's too good. It's uncanny. I know she knows. <gasps> you hear her? She knows we're talking I know about she it. She knows we're talking about her. Yeah, we're fucking talking about it. You got something to say? Speak up. 
she looked away. <laughs> She's pretty. Meadow, cool. the fucking side, the sidebar, the TikToks that I've been sending you lately of like being like me of the with dogs? your future. No, of me with your future oh, children have been making have... me laugh so hard. Oh, Aaron and I haven't stopped talking about it. It's the funniest fucking thing in the world to me. And I'm like, this. I'm it makes be... me want to get pregnant quicker. I'm oh, I mailed in my fertility hot. kit. Oh my gosh. How I did know. that make you feel? So we'll see how fertile I am. I don't know. Excited. I want babies. Fertile as can be. I sent Meadow a TikTok and it was like, this is what happens when you leave the kids with their uncle. And it was literally the uncle had put both children inside of a blanket and like was swinging them in the air. I thought way. it was pillowcases. Like pillow it, it looks like yeah. he had them in pillow and was just fucking like helicoptering yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Me. I was like, that's me. Oh, that's going to be me. 100%. Have you, <laughs> have you seen um, Knocked Up? You're also going to teach my kids Spanish. Have yeah. I seen what? Knocked Up. Yeah, but God, so long ago. Oh my God. Do you remember that scene where like she goes and Seth Rogen's character is like at, they, they're at the sister's house and um he's playing with the kids and he starts playing fetch with the little girl. And I'm like, that's literally going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with kids. You're going to be like, do I just treat you like I treat Mahal? Like what's like, the protocol here? Kind of. <laughs> But this is, I blame my father. I blame my yeah. father who treated me like a full-blown adult. He would like take me to a bar and I'd like sit next to him and we would like have our stakes and like conversations like grownups. But you know, that's what I'm going to do too. Like, I love that shit. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to talk and baby talk to my kid. Like I know no. I will because they're cute, but I also want to be like, you know, Aaron and I are going to be like this fucking cry baby with bitch do you know ass. That like, I feel like though, I'm going to try. I was about to say, I don't know what to do with kids and I don't think I do, but honestly, I feel like I'm just going to do whatever my inner child wishes she could do. Like exactly. whenever you're like painting or playing or like doing whatever the fuck it is that kids do, like you need to let your inner child just flourish. And like, that's Same. fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I love, I think that's like, we've talked about this too. Like the idea of how growing up is just realizing that being a simp is fun. Like I love when, are you kidding me right now? Just bring her over. Just grab her. Okay. Hold on. This dog. Oh, that's what she was doing. She was just playing hard to get. Oh, she does this thing where she she does this to Aaron all the time too. She's like, I'm not gonna come over unless you come bring me over there. Like you have to want me to come over. Well, I'll say something. No, on. Did she poop it? No. She's just trying to bite me. Do you like Mahal my is the def- I do love your orange nails. Mahal is the definition of um why men love bitches, that book. It's Mahal. Oh, I haven't read it. I'm like halfway through because my friend that was staying with me brought it to me and she was like, you need to read this. It's so funny, but like also you just need to read this and it's hilarious. Take everything with a grain of salt. It was written forever ago and like. Right, right, right. For sure. Sort of kind of really sexist, but like it's also. Funny. Funny and entertaining. She's a funny writer and Mahal is that. Mahal is the concept of that because it's it's also reframing what a bitch is. It's not like a bitch is a bad thing. I do call her bag her bitch bag now. Thanks to you and that meme. (laughs) <laughs> oh here's something else i want to unpack with you um so i saw i fell down a tiktok rabbit hole we've really talked about tiktok a lot today but TikTok I know. fridays are part of the best part of our brand so i'm Truly. not mad at it um i saw this tiktok a while ago about how this chick was like we need to own our divine feminine and she was like painting her face with her period blood oh okay so that's what everyone that's what aaron said to me i was like i'm totally gonna try it and that that's aaron said that to me and then riley overheard me and aaron arguing about it and riley was like 
love you so much. You're definitely wrong on this one. Like going to have to agree with Aaron. Don't do it. But then I've been fucking binge watching these Trash Tuesday podcasts. And Probably Kalila, really good for your skin. Kalila said it's a fucking Filipino thing that she thinks is coming to America where you use like a spot treatment. You dab a bit of your period blood on your acne to heal oh, it. I'm gonna, if you don't think I, I'm going to try that, bitch, I'm going to try that. Saying. That's what I'm saying. And my period just ended. And now I feel like robbed of this opportunity Great. because Aaron convinced me that yeah, it was the fucking. You know what, though? Do you know I was what? like, Ooh. I feel like that's some real shit. Wait, I'm going to try it. My period's about to come. I'm going to try it. But yes! this always happens okay. to me. But this always happens to me. I break out. I break out like when I'm ovulating and like right before my luteal phase. Yeah. I break out okay. a lot. And like okay. right now I'm in my luteal phase about to start my period. But this is when my skin is glowing again. Oh, that's so interesting. And then my I feel like when I have my period, I, like, I feel like the first day of my period, I come literally, on. I genuinely look like the life has been sucked out of me on day <laughs> of my period. Like I look drier than the Sahara Desert. Like it's, I don't look good. And yeah. then I feel like Same. I glow, yeah. you know, but but yeah, right. So right now my skin's doing big things again. Um, so, but like maybe please we'll try manifest it, a though. pimple. Please we'll manifest try a pimple. it. Yeah. I, if you don't think I will, are you fucking kidding? I'll put a Q-tip on my vagina right now and just. Do That's it. what I'm saying. I was like, God, fuck you guys. Right, like you don't I need to fucking collect it, it and like put it in a jar. Just like a little dab. I would though. I'm not mad at I it. know you would. Because here's the, uh, never mind. I guess I won't go into a whole. How many men listen to this? Testing. You know what? Three. We're giving them <laughs> clues to life, so they should listen. <laughs> That's true. Honestly, I uh, I gave to... someone a cheat code yesterday. Of like, I I gave a man a cheat code about sex, and they were so grateful. Oh, let's unpack it. I told them because we were. <laughs> it was really funny. I was. I don't know how we got into the conversation, but I basically was like, we were talking about how in bed, women perform like we are acutely aware of the fact that you're watching i'm talking about heteronormative relationships here okay sure um we're aware that you're watching okay a man just gets to like lay there and like make an ugly face and like come women are so we're so fucking acutely aware of the fact that you're watching us and we're putting on a show okay we're putting on a show it's the best show of your life okay give me freaking give me an emmy for that performance (laughs) And I was explaining to him that I I used to tell my guy friends, I was like, if you are in doggy style with a woman for too long and too much time has gone back that that girl has not turned her head over her shoulder to look at you, she hasn't like, you haven't seen her face, guaranteed she is rolling her eyes while she moans because she wants it to be over. And that's just like her way of not having to like perform and like you don't see her face. And he literally stayed silent when I said that to him. And he was like, oh my God. And I said, you're welcome. You're welcome for that cheat code. Dude, the amount of fucking times in a past life that I – you're just sitting there like, God, are you fucking done yet? Like, And he was like, well, you're just playing yourself. And I was like, I know. That's why we don't do that over here in Gabby land. But I'm just saying there have been moments where you just want it to be over. You just want it to be over. You're just tired. Exactly. And also I think I – God – what? She's really yelling at me a lot today. <laughs> it's fine. I don't We're even know done. what I was thinking anymore. Moaning, faking Moaning, an orgasm. Moaning, blowjobs, faking orgasms. I had a point to something. I don't even know why I brought that up. I don't know, but I dated a guy that wouldn't go down on me and will never again make that Jail. mistake. Jail. But here's the thing. Like, 
I know girls that don't like giving head. I do. We didn't used to like giving head. So it kind of feels like a double standard. But also I'm like, I would never ever. Well, no, because think about that, Meadow. Let's unpack that really quick because – and I had this conversation with this guy last night too because it is so – society has placed such an emphasis on the fact that like women are expected to give head that right. it is innately, whether or not we're thinking about it, one of the de- most demoralizing things. We're literally yeah. on our knees sucking your dick yeah, to make you feel good. Yeah. And – while yes, pleasure is a part of sex on both parts of it, just the stigma around it and the narrative around head. And even like if you hear it in music or you watch it in mm-hmm. porn where they're like, it's like disgusting the way that it's portrayed. It's mm-hmm. so demeaning and demoralizing. So it's like, why are we going to want to crave to do that? You have to be in a place with a partner that makes you feel safe enough that you all of a sudden enjoy it and like you're down. Head is like a power thing for me. Cause let me tell you, yeah, I do like it giving is a, head now. That's, you have to change the narrative too. Cause now it's a when I give head, thing. oh, I'm like, oh, A, you're welcome. And B, exactly. like you're welcome. And it's but a power thing. I don't get thing. pleasure from it. Like I'm not, I'm not no, it is. I mean, giving you head. No, Sorry, I mean, I'm not. You there's know? something, I mean, some, like, listen, like sometimes it is hot to like, be, but because no, it's, it's I empowering, feel hot I feel hot. I feel empowered. Yeah, exactly. You are, like you're not making you me wet. I'm making fucking, me wet. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Mahal. I understand you agree <laughs> with me. Just bring get her again. I did. She fucking walks away from me. Okay. Maybe she just wants to be sitting near you. Come here. Come here. <laughs> she just wants to be close. If anyone read my head resource, please reach out to me and let me know if it worked for you. Remember <laughs> yeah. when I linked that skinny confidential resource? Someone please tell me that it, it helped give them a fun this, time. This episode has truly run the gamut. Like we have traversed <laughs> the plains. Like, <laughs> Oh, I have to make a public apology. I have to make a public apology. What did you uh, do? Thank God we named the podcast Thoughts May Vary because I was wrong. <gasps> remember yeah. i know shocking remember when i told everyone that if they could read a book it should be how to do the work by dr nicole lapera aka known as the holistic psychologist did you change your mind yeah uh gladys told me that apparently she's a trumper <gasps> and is like known for being a fucking racist so i haven't done my research i need to dive into it and dig for myself but on the assumption that that's true because gladys is always right i apologize and i take back what i said yeah, let's just like <laughs> not and see we did. I do still think she, like there's some, you know what sucks? This was like Jordan Peterson too. Like Jordan Peterson was saying like cool stuff about psychology till he had to fucking shit all over trans people. And it's like, you just realize that everyone is also, everyone has a shadow. But I think you can also like take the lessons that people say that were cool and also be like, yeah, they're a piece of shit that voted for Trump. But like, yeah, I also got some really good lessons about my inner child. Like, mm-hmm. I think both can exist. I mean, I'm just saying. It. But I am also apologizing for the fact that I condoned a racist, maybe. The face I just made. <laughs> I know. <laughs> maybe. I'm like, thoughts may vary. Thank God we, thoughts may vary. We're always wrong. Don't listen to anything we say. But I mean, tune listen. in on Mondays and rate and review. <laughs> but like, we're the best podcast, so keep coming back. Advertisers, want to advertise? Oh, yeah. I also fucked up and lost us our first ad. Ugh, it's I fine. owe you $50. Don't tell people our rate, Meadow. No, that's not our rate. That's just an amount that I owe you for dinner now for fucking up. Yeah, you're right. It's not we our rate. We were getting paid like 
four zeros behind that. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) What is it that I keep seeing on Instagram everywhere? It's like gatekeep girl boss. No, gatekeep gaslight girl boss. Gatekeep gaslight girl boss. XOXO. What was the other one that I sent you? Those girls in a hot tub when they were like... I think it's really hot when you t- gatekeep your own body. Like I'm, su- I'm in my prime. I'm so hot and I'm so sexy and I'm not gonna fuck. Anything. Do you know what a man said to me? And I literally was like, Mm-mm. he made a comment to me of like me always being in baggy clothes and like men not knowing what's under there. And I was like, like in like it's a bad thing. Like how what was the give me more like context. yeah like oh like no one would ever know what's under there because you're like always like in these baggy clothes and like blah blah blah. And I was just yeah, like, you're like yeah that's none of people's business. What do you mean gross? I was like ill. Leave me alone. It's Women's Month. Yeah, the audacity. Honestly, the audacity. I was literally everyone that spoke to me yesterday. Like I was like the audacity to say that to me on International Women's Day. How dare you? If you are a man listening to this podcast, it is your obligation to rate and review this five stars because it is Women's Month, and that's on feminism. Period. <laughs> Here's my Venmo. That's been more annoying. <laughs> and then it's not me so every fun. month being like, Meadow, we need more straight men on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aaron and I, for Women's Month, have been watching only girls shows, so I made him watch The Sex Lives of College Girls, and he loved it like it's a great he that kid was laughing so fucking hard and so now we're on doll face i'm sorry anything mindy kaling does i'm like exactly i am here for it i knew that i was in love with her when she was kelly in the office and she did the whole um (laughs) when the girl comes and she was like they're like where'd some new hire comes in the office and they're like where'd you work before this and she's like anthropology (laughs) kelly goes anthropology that's my dream job. Why are you here? How'd you get that job? That fucking I fucking love that woman. Anthropology was for sure my dream job in high school. I don't know what my Without dream Out of doubt. I mean, I honestly just wanted to work at Vogue. Yeah. Did it. Well, then no. they're done that. I, I mean, like adjacent. Vogue adjacent. I'll get the byline. Mm-hmm. No, fuck it. I don't want the byline. I'll be in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cover shoot. <gasps> don't even don't, don't september issue don't even don't i have so many september issues stacked in this freaking apartment okay we should probably end this now huh <laughs> I, I guess we're done <laughs> we, we ran about enough things our energy we really went up though yeah it did you know why because we've been talking for like three hours we had like such a nice long catch-up call that we're, yeah. we're in our groove you know Same Aaron, i love you such I a bitch ass hoe Thanks for listening. We only have, do we say it? Yeah. We only have two more thoughts coming your way until the end of season one, (gasps) which like vomit. Crazy. How fun is that? I know we don't say crazy on here, but I just said it. I'm (laughs) sorry. No, that's okay. I think I think I'm I'm less I used to be very gung ho about that shit in college. And the older I get, the more I'm like, "Eh, reclaim the narrative. Words don't have to have meaning if you don't want them to. Right. Well, it's it's wild nonetheless that we are rapping. We're so grateful. We're so grateful to have this microphone so to yell into and that someone's actually listening. It's been so much fun. Truly. I think that's why when Polark said hi to me, I like had a meltdown. Yeah. I want so- someone come up to me. Like I think I think I was more excited to meet her than she like gave a shit oh, to I'm, me. I'm sure. I'm sure. I I I I almost cried when I saw that text. I was like, our first person came up to us in real life. I called my mom the next day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I want to tell my mom. 
I was like, mom. <laughs> Someone listens to it. And it's I not just, you. I just think my, she was like, my mom the other day was like, I haven't been keeping up with the podcast. So I was like, good. Cause we wouldn't be friends right now. No, my mom started. My mom's listening to them all. <gasps> Hi. I know. And I told her, I was like, don't listen to certain ones. And I'm sure. Yeah. She there's is. just certain I mean, ones she's, they just like, don't. She literally just got to like Cole's episode though. She's on like episode four. So, you know, it's going to take her a while. But yeah. also to be abundantly clear. So we're going to wrap season one, probably take like a month off to get our bearings and then come back hard with season two, baby. Yeah. And I mean, when we say take a month off, like we're going to have some like special programming, et cetera, et cetera, like implemented during totally. that time. But like we just so definitely join our discord. If you're not yeah, in the group like- chat discard. Discard. What? <laughs> discharge? Discharge. <laughs> Join our group discharge. <laughs> if you're okay. not in our group discharge, join it because join we're now. doing some fun shit before season two comes out. Yeah, there's going to be no better time to follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, all of the above because that's going to be the way that you're going to check in with us during that time. We're going to have so many fun things coming out. <laughs> Okay, once my voice starts doing this, it's time to tap out. Let's go. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? All right, I love you. Love you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Boston Berry Podcast every Monday.